0: We make men without chests and expect of them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. C.S. Lewis Welcome back to The Conservation Project, the podcast for the average Joe that still believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that we are still one nation under God. My name is Logan, and we've got a lot to cover today. As you already know, there's there's some stuff going on in this little, uh, this little country called Ukraine, and uh, we're going to talk about it today because there's some stuff, well, there's some updates that really, really need to come out. And uh, there's some stuff that's not being pushed in the news because it was already written as fact, and well, frankly, it's uh, it was unconfirmed at the time, but it's confirmed now, and it might not be what you thought it would be. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to make a quick note, if you haven't, on whatever platform that you're listening on, go ahead and give us a thumbs up, five-star review, leave us a comment, whatever it may be. That kind of interaction really helps, it really helps us grow and get the name out there, and I would personally appreciate it a ton, and make sure you check out the website the conservationproject.org. So, that being said, let's get into the stuff that uh that really really matters. So, this episode's going to be a lot of uh, like I said a lot of updates and uh just some general happenings. You know, there's a lot of stuff being regurgitated on mainstream media. I, for the first time in all of this today, I actually went through and as I was working and as I was doing so, you know this that and the other uh, I actually had things like Fox News, CNN, you know, the mainstream media is up. And I was listening to their active updates and broadcasts, especially because there was a UN conference today. Uh, there was a, a meeting today, a special session. And um, I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit. But it it is shocking to see, I'd say it's shocking, it really isn't shocking, but it, it is disheartening to see the amount of uh, just... False information coming out that is being sold and pitched as the be-all-end-all truth when, you know, it it just is not. Uh, so, first of all, I do want to talk about uh, the Snake Island situation because there's been a major update on that if you haven't heard. So... If you haven't heard the whole story with the Snake Island thing, uh, there was an incident that came to light where uh, President U- Ukrainian President Zelensky announced that 13 soldiers on this island were killed, um, and there. And then soon after, you know, the Russian media outlets were publishing videos claiming that 83 soldiers were taken prisoner from the island and sent to Z- Sevastopol. So, if you haven't seen what happened, um, basically, a uh, Russian warship rolled up on this uh, on this Snake Island. It's also ca- uh, called Zeminy Island, um, and they basically said, you know, this is a Russian warship. Stand down, or we will, you will be fired upon. Basically, and then the island responded with "Go f yourself." And all of that is still true. All of that is confirmed. That is not in question. However, what has changed, uh, and this is today about 8 o'clock, about 0800 it came out. And um, the long story short is these 13 guys, uh, they were not killed. Uh, They are actually... the Ukraine's Navy has formally announced that all of these guys are technically quote alive and well, and they were taken prisoner by Russian forces uh, forces, which is obviously contradictory to all of the information that came out beforehand. Uh, now the Ukrainian Navy actually put out a statement that said a civilian vessel went to the Island, uh, late last night to look for survivors or the night after that it happened, uh, to look for survivors. um, And they said that it was, quote, completely destroyed by, uh, destroyed the island infrastructure, uh, in regards to the, the warship, uh, the vessel, uh, located the soldiers who were still alive and then took them on board. The Russian naval vessels, uh, soon intercepted the civilian vessel and both the crew and the soldiers were taken prisoner. Um, Ukraine has now demanded the release of the civilian crew and their state border service has and has said separately that it's working to sec- secure, uh, the release of the soldiers. So that's a huge thing. There's a lot of people that are still talking about that. Understandably. So it's a heck of a story. And, you know, at this point you've probably seen the videos and even one of the, the Ukrainian soldiers on that Island was live streaming right before it happened. I believe it was on TikTok or something of the sort, but yeah, that is a, um, uh, that is a large update and I, I did think it was worth noting uh, I'm gonna run you down some bullet points of stuff that came out early this morning uh, just some confirmations and some updates I've got one two three four five six I got yeah okay so I got I got a few things here um, they're pretty short so let's just go through them so the first one is um, the Russian advance has been slowing due to a logistical strain while Russian forces north of Kiev are also meeting increased resistance. Now, i had this on that is a double-edged sword because I'm sure you've seen this whole 16-mile-long Russian convoy that is held up. Um, now, that number has actually increased and been confirmed by uh, SAT imagery that it is a 40-mile-long convoy, and they have been... Yes, they met resistance, and they use that uh resistance as as an excuse to build up because as the, as it looks, the main push on Kyiv is going to come from the north uh, they're expecting a pinch all around the city, uh, but at this point they are uh it is on the table that they might just be ran through from one direction with a massive force. All right, another thing. So Russian websites were hacked today by unknown sources and there was random messages that were put out during that and and here's one of them just as for example's sake. Dear citizens, we urge you to stop this madness. Don't send your sons and husbands to certain death. Putin makes us lie and puts us in danger. It was a lot of things of that nature. So, another thing, and we will cover this, and uh, we're actually about to cover this next. So, Ukraine has asked to urgently join the European Union. We're about to get into the details of that because that is very, very important. Uh, intelligence from Kiev indicates the nation of Belarus may be preparing to partake officially in the invasion of Ukraine and assist Russia even further. Uh, over 6,000 Russian citizens have been detained across Russia uh, in the recent days for partaking in anti-war protests. Um, it's being estimated that around 360 to 420,000 Ukrainians have fled the country due to the fighting. Uh, the UN has officially reported that the civilian death toll is estimated at 104 confirmed, but they expect that the true number is actually much higher. Uh, Huge shout-out to Northern Provisions on Instagram for actually putting this list together and uh, and giving the sources and everything and doing it without any complications or confusion. So, like we were talking about just a moment ago, uh, Zelensky has officially called for the immediate entrance uh, into the European Union. Uh, so he said uh, on his Telegram channel, "quote according to Politico, quote, we asked the European Union for Ukraine's immediate accession via a new special procedure. Our goal is to be together with all European Europeans and mostly to be on an equal footing. I'm sure it's fair. I'm sure it's possible. Uh, so... Zelensky has, you know, he's made these calls to the European bloc since uh the you know, the initial invasion uh and on su- uh Sunday European Commission President Ursula von der uh, von der Leyen expressed support for this edition under a simplified and expedited process, but it's actually not been released or clear how that process would happen. Now, Vonderland told Euro News, we have a process with Ukraine that is, for example, integrating the Ukrainian market into the single market. We have very uh, close cooperation on the energy grid, for example. So many topics where we work closely together, and indeed, over time, they belong to us. They are one of us, and we want them in. Uh, Now, the EU commission chief added that the bloc's trust in President Putin is, quote, completely broken and eroded, and she appeared to express doubt in the outcome of peace talks between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, Now, there's a lot that we can talk about as far as the the peace talks between Ukraine and Russia, um, but a lot of it is speculatory, and there's, well, frankly... It's not all that hopeful. It's a lot of back and forth, and the majority of the information that has come out of that pe- those peace talks has been uh, not well received, is pretty much the synopsis I've got so far. Uh, just at this time, there's not a lot of information uh, that we can actually pull directly from that those peace talks, rather than the speculation in the news. That's why I've not decided to go into this full bore. Uh, but moving on with what Zelensky's, uh, Zelensky's push to the EU. Uh, so uh, the EU, uh, EU commission chief uh, also added, of course it is important that the Ukrainian side agrees to the peace talks and that conditions are fine for the Ukrainian side. In general, it's always better to have peace talks better uh, more than to f- have a fight, but the trust in Putin is completely broken. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot of... Um, There's a lot of push for this on the backers of Ukraine. Uh, There's pictures actually from uh, the the Ukrainian parliament that shows Zelensky signing the application for the membership of Ukraine into the European Union. Uh, And and this is a big thing. Now, Zelensky formally signed this application block today um, on, on Monday the 28th. Now, here's the thing. This application could take years to process and approve because Russia continues its assault and attempts to topple Ukraine. It it attempts to take over its government. Um, Now... Some more stuff worth noting, uh, and this is this is being covered by the Daily Wire. Uh, despite support from the commission chief, Ukraine's application is expected to face pushback from a number of EU countries. Several EU officials later walked back Vonderland's comments, according to the Times of Israel. Quote, uh, there are different opinions and sensitivities within the EU on enlargement, said Charles uh, Michael, who serves as the president um, of EU's other lawmaking body, the European Council. Uh, Vonderland spokesman Eric Maymer also gave a more restrained response, uh, and he said uh, Ukraine, quote, is a European country and we want them in, meaning Europe in general. She then also specified there's a process for joining the EU, and I think that's the important part. So, yeah, there is is significant push for this, but uh, right now it is a lot of hopefulness coming from... Um coming from Zelensky, and you know, there's there's a lot happening here. There there's just a lot happening as a whole. And there's just there's so much moving here. There's just it is complete sensory overload. And we're actually gonna get into that later. I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a lot of OSENT stuff because I feel like it's very necessary to talk about. Um but there is There is also news about this from outside of this that is absolutely worth talking about. So, for example, what I mean is Elon Musk has gotten involved. And he's being praised quite heavily, actually, um, because he (laughs) he launched SpaceX's Starlink satellite broadband service so that Ukraine could access the Internet. Because Russia has, in you know, through their military force, has brought down the internet. A lot, internet in a lot of places, it is. I was watching some of my OSINT uh, resources, and they lost all feeds of Kiev for a while because they took down the internet. There's been a lot of internet and energy issues, which I'm sure you've heard about. But there's there's some details that are worth co- uh, covering, especially in, in regard to. SpaceX and Elon Musk working with um, Ukraine. So Mikhail Fedorov, the vice uh, prime minister of Ukraine, tweeted at Elon Musk, While you try to colonize Mars, Russia tries to occupy Ukraine. While your rockets successfully land from space, Russian rockets attack Ukrainian civil people. We ask you to provide Ukraine with Starlink stations and to address sane Russians uh, to stand. And just under, 10 hours later, Musk replied with this, Starlink service is now active in Ukraine. More terminals en route. And this prompted a ton, and I mean like a ton, of blue check marks and all sorts of place uh, people on Twitter, which, you know, kind of doesn't matter because Twitter's not a real place, but this did happen on Twitter, which is, you know, confusing. Anyways, all sorts of people. Uh, you know, the vice president, uh, Prime Minister of Ukraine, Fedorov, he he responded, Thank you, Elon Musk. Thank you, to, uh, thank you, everyone who supports Ukraine. All that kind of stuff. And then a lot of people kind of uh, threw in their two cents about, Yeah, it's great. Uh, I said in my report, uh, remarks today at CPAC that Elon Musk is one of the reasons America will ultimately prevail against Russia and China. Below is Exhibit A in support of my argument. And he was, quote, tweeting... Um, Elon Musk's response. Now, this is coming from Robert O'Brien, and he's the former national security advisor. He was under uh, Trump, I believe, Um, but all sorts of people, political commentators, magazine editors, um, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr responded, you know, great to see America has a strategic interest in allied enterprises beaming Internet abroad from Cuba to Afghanistan and now in Ukraine. Um, even Elon Musk's Elon Musk's mother responded, uh, "Wonderful hashtag pr- proud mom hashtag stop the war hashtag Ukraine," uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny that his mom responded. But you know, it, this is this is there's a lot happening here. Uh, now, for what it's worth, uh, today about mm, about 4 p.m. Eastern, I believe it is. Uh, Fedorov posted another tweet saying Starling, Starlink is here, and he thanked him, and Elon Musk responded and said, uh, you're most welcome. Uh, you know, there's just, this is this is kind of proof that a lot of national security is going to be privatized in, in a sense, or at least worked with the private industry. Um, this is a perfect example of this, because... Elon Musk has put in place via SpaceX a a way to uh, provide broadband internet acc- just worldwide. And frankly, and I I know this is going to sound very biased and very aggressive, uh, but one of the big things that now Vice President uh, H- Harris has has ran on and and been tasked for is uh, increasing broadband service through. You know, rural places and, and, uh, you know, hard to reach places in the US, you know, stuff that's low population that that needs to be connected. And whereas I understand that that is a a legitimate need, the private sector is doing it much more efficiently and, and effectively. Um, and, and if you haven't, if you're not familiar with Starlink, I'll give you a quick synopsis. And this is actually coming coming from the company page. And, and it's simply this. Starlink uh, provides high-speed, low-latency broadband internet across the globe. Within each coverage area, orders are fulfilled on a first-come, first-served basis. Using advanced satellites in a low orbit, Starlink enables video calls, online gaming, streaming, and other high-data rate activities that historically have not been possible with satellite internet. And they add that it's ideally suited for areas where connectivity has been unreliable or completely unavailable, and people across the globe are using Starlink to gain access to education, health services, and even communications uh, support during natural disasters. So it it has a very unique place in all of this. It's got a very specific uh, place and a very specific requirement. Especially in terms of of like what's happening in in Ukraine, uh, when they have no availability to get internet because of an occupi- or an attempted occupying force, this is this is a great option, and and it uh, frankly it is it is very neat to see, uh it, it is awesome to see what a lot of people are calling modern day Tony Stark, and I I I get it I do get it, um. It's a bit of a stretch, and you're seeing a lot of political commentators <laughs> kind of throw that into the into the ring. And I I do understand. I I am aware of. <laughs> I, I'm aware of, you know, this whole process being, well, kind of convoluted, uh, especially when you have things like, for example, uh, Fedorov, commented again about six hours ago. Uh, meta is stepping up to shut down russian lies when will youtube we're calling on google to deplatform russian state media in the strongest possible terms so this is this is how things transition uh you know the court of public opinion is in full swing but on that same token this is we have we have a lot of potential when the private sector uh when the private sector works together for a greater good and and very blatantly and very apparently, uh, they're doing a darn sight better than, well, our federal government at this time. Especially considering, well, our vice president, that was one of her main running quotes and tasks. And she has done literally nothing about it. So, hey, you know, this is uh, this is what you get. Alright, so we're going to kind of, we're going to take it uh, in a a little bit further as far as the updates there's been um there's been some more updates as far as this convoy that is approaching i, I kind of touched on it earlier uh but let's kind of break down some details about what we're seeing and what to expect uh because i have frankly i have a lot um i have a lot of information here and i'm going to try to distill this down as best as i'm able uh, but I I'm, I kind of dove into the 40-mile-long convoy uh, in a little bit of detail previously so I could kind of segue it into this because this is very indicative of some bigger, larger-scale uh, issues and movements. So for your sake, as far as what to understand, what to look for, you're going to be hearing a lot about this 40-mile um, convoy and here's some details on it because this is very likely going to be the push. Uh, this is what's expected to be the push into, uh, into Kyiv. Uh, and the reason I want to break this down into detail is not just so you can have the facts, but to have a moment of very serious, uh, a very serious moment here. If this is going the way that intelligence currently believes it to be, especially from this convoy uh, building up. This could very well be what most people are worried about in in regards to Kyiv. Loss of life of civilians and potentially the loss of life of President Zelensky. That is a huge, huge concern in this. And, you know, he said it himself a couple nights ago that, you know, there's a good chance I'm not here tomorrow morning kind of thing. Now, obviously, he was wrong, and they, they repelled the forces for a little while uh, but the situation has changed, and that threat is growing. And from a personal standpoint, I, I don't mean to fear monger, I don't mean to add doubt or anything like this, but I'm going to speak from a personal standpoint. Um, this does worry me as a person for, uh, for Zelensky. It does. It, it bothers me, and I, I hate seeing somebody who's fighting so hard. Uh, and doing what I believe he really believes to be the best for his country and for the citizens of his country, uh, and seeing this, I mean, real-time from um, from Maxar Tech satellite imagery, seeing this convoy prep for what is very apparently the Siege of Kyiv. That was not intentional. I just realized that. <laughs> but seriously... Seeing this prep, this is this is this is worrying. Um, The head of the convoy is currently at the Antonov Airport. That airport is 17 miles from the Kiev city center. So, to give some sort of uh, tangible example here, the 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 city center is think of Maiden Square. Now, if you're th- sitting there thinking, hmm, Maiden Square, that sounds familiar. Well, if you've looked up any cameras or if you've been seeing anything from uh, your mainstream media where they say, coming to you live, and we have the camera in downtown Kiev, those cameras of central Kiev that you're seeing from the city, that is what it's referencing here, the Kiev City Center. That center is about two to three miles. I did. I actually used Google Earth and, and charted it. I believe it's just under two and a half miles from where Zelensky actually is. Uh, he said he hasn't left the presidential quarters, and, and if that's the case, then he is under th- approximately two to three miles away from this, making him less than 20 miles away from the brunt of the head uh, of this convoy. Now this, uh, this is just, just north of the Ukrainian town of Pribrisk Pribrisk. it's very difficult to say, but it's, uh, it's, it's closer to the Ukrainian Belarus border, uh, and, and Chernobyl, um, this convoy has actually been in, been growing rapidly. I mean, we're talking about being a couple miles long to 40 miles long within a 24 to 48 hour period. Um, U.S. intelligence officials have told members of Congress on Monday that they expected a second overwhelming wave of attacks to engulf Kyiv. And two people told CNN that the briefing detailed how they expect the sheer numbers of Russian troops to blatantly flatten the Ukrainian resistance. And all predictions are predicting very ugly warfare, um, and what I mean by that is they're anticipating this this convoy to be led by a very aggressive and very strategic bombing of Kyiv. Um, when you say things like "you're in thoughts and prayers," this is this is the time. This is what it is right here, uh, because you've got a lot of people. A lot of people um, that don't deserve to be involved in this. And you got to keep in mind that if you please, if you haven't seen it, go look up the Russian convoy. You can find pictures that are now open source intelligence. And I mean, you're talking about a line of vehicles 40 miles deep, but. These vehicles are two to three rows deep i mean they're they're across the entire road, moving in one fell swoop. you know there is. Absolutely the possibility of them just bullheading their way through or the forces splitting up and encircling the capital. The latter was what was expected originally. And now that they've met uh, some resistance, they're expecting or they're anticipating that there is a possibility of them just having a bullheaded push with this um, with this convoy. Now, U.S. intelligence believes that around 75% of Russian forces positioned on the borders with Ukraine are now actually inside the country. So you saw when all this was building up, when they were positioning people, uh, when Russia was positioning people around Ukraine, uh, 70 they, it's an estimate of 75% of that Russian force is now inside of Ukraine this is a this is a double edged sword because there's a lot of things and i don't mean to build up or tear down or any or try to influence any opinions um but it is it is worth noting that yes the ukrainian resistance has been stout and they have stifled in a very effective manner but what you also have to understand is they the 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 fact of the matter is Russia has been to a degree holding back, and I don't mean this in a speculative manner. I mean, if you've been following this, there has been, yes, a a lot of missile strikes, a lot of cruise uh, missiles, 56 Russian missile strikes and 113 cruise missiles fired in a five-day period. Yes, that is a lot, but if you look at history, take the bombing of Britain, you know, things like that, this is when they are using a fraction of their force, it uh, it, is, it is them testing the waters of seeing what they can do. And yes, they have been stifled and they have met more resistance than they anticipated, which is also part of the reason why U.S. intelligence is concerned about this convoy. You're talking about a large force. The bottom line is, they have overwhelming numbers. They're positioning... In a way that U.S. intelligence believes they are positioning to use those numbers. That is just the scenario. Now, again, I have said this before. Only time will tell. It's true. Only time will tell, and we'll see what will happen. And I, I you know, I pray for every one of them. I really do. Uh, but that is it. Is a it is a hard scene, and. You know, God bless him because this is these next few days, especially after the pointless UN summit, uh, emergency meeting or whatever they called it, it doesn't matter, they're useless. Um, I, I watched that whole dad gum thing, and I I have to say it was one of the most infuriating things I've ever watched because we know that the UN is relatively useless as a general rule, and you know, there's been. There's been talk of, of NATO getting involved with places like Poland and Finland, and we've we've talked about this kind of stuff, but the the old men in, in their fancy suits in the UN have done nothing but go up to the podium and say, we wholeheartedly condemn Russia and their actions. We all do. Like 98% of the people on this earth are all on that same boat. It doesn't take a bunch of elites in suits to re-emphasize that we condemn this, obviously. But there is, you know, hope that there will be an actual uh an actual debate brought and that these peace talks will lead to something and that the UN can stifle this at at the start. Um and and God, I hope so. But uh it is unfortunately we are in a position of uh, coming at this from a position of weakness, a lot of a lot of weak nations are making weak-willed moves, and our our executive branch is doing no different. That is the unfortunate truth. Um, but you know, this is like I said, we'll see what happens. So we're gonna actually switch gears here for a moment. Uh, I, I'm actually gonna end on this because I think this actually might be one of the most important things that I talk about from a personal standpoint, as far as each of us individually. Uh, there's that whole word of disinformation, misinformation. All of that's rolling back around. Um, and it is, it, this is war. Uh, this is part of PSYOPs. This is, this is the definition of PSYOPs. It's controlling the media, controlling the narrative. Which means that all of us that want to know what the heck is going on, it's making it extremely difficult to figure out what the heck is going on. So, with that being said... I'm going to just give you a couple of things, and you can take this with a grain of salt, take it or leave it, uh, but there are some actual ways that you can get some legitimate information if you just put in a little bit of extra work and not just wholeheartedly trust and rely on the mainstream media, the same people that have been encouraging you to lock yourself in your house for the last two years. So with that being said, I'm going to list off a couple of uh, websites that I've been using, and this is all osense uh, stuff. This is open source intelligence that you can find, and I know there's more. This is just some of the stuff that I have been using. So, first of all, I'm going to bring up Flight Tracker. Uh, this, is, this is literally what it sounds like. Uh, flightradar24.com flightradar24.com it's just a live flight tracker it's a real time flight tracker map you can sort it by airline you can sort it by airport uh, but you can also have it uh you can have it just be an active updating thing and to be honest with you i have been just watching uh for quite a while the playback of of movement in specifically the Black Sea. Uh, if they've got a transponder on, you can see it from here. It is it is a heck of a thing to watch, is all I'm going to say. But it also gives you a good idea for traffic in the area, and you can actually highlight when one of these appears. I'll take, for instance, there is a particular plane that we've been tracking uh, hovering over the Black Sea, and it's essentially off of the coast of um, Romania and Moldova, really, really Romania, and, and it's kind of circling around uh, Sevastopol. And it's if you just draw a line directly south of Z- Sevastopol, it's kind of making an oval there. And it's it's long, it's long. It's an, it is the U.S. Air Force, and it is a large plane. Uh, But you can also see drones and stuff like this. There's a lot of stuff here, and you can click on it, and you can get actual live detail about these planes. It is extremely useful, especially that this is actually how, this particular website is actually how people found the Air India uh, commercial flight that was going over uh, Ukraine several days ago, and it happened by accident. And there's... There's a lot of information that you can that you can get from this. It's very, very useful. Another one is I'm actually going to give you two in this category. So I've also been following marine trackers, so, so uh, you know boats, vessels, stuff like that, um, and, and this has become very useful because people have been tracking, uh, people have been tracking um, Putin's yacht, and Putin's yacht has actually been about 20 miles off the coast. Not even 20 miles. I think it's 10 to 20 miles off the coast of essentially odessa uh you talk about directly south probably east of uh east of the moldova i'm sorry yeah moldova romania line uh probably by about 10 15 miles to the east about 20 miles south of odessa roughly uh these are all rough calculations but that's me looking at the map but you can actually see the call sign and the and uh, the transponder and everything for Putin's actual, um, actual yacht, and you can see the rounds that it's making. There's ex- expectations that his yacht and other, uh, other ve- marine vessels are being used for intelligence around Sevastopol and just in the Black Sea generally. Uh, now those websites, the first one is just marinetraffic.com. Very simple. Another one is marinevesseltraffic.com. You can kind of use them in tandem. Um, and they, they, they do work quite well. Uh, I, I do suggest using them in tandem. Uh, one will kind of give you different answers than than the other. Uh, you can see just the depth of, <laughs> of, of vessels in the Black Sea, especially if you are talking like the Taman Bay and the uh, Timuruk Bay and and these connecting pieces. It is it, it's almost impressive. It's frightfully impressive how many are actually there and you can actually see active updates. So yeah, again, marine traffic.com, marine vesseltraffic.com. So another one that is extremely, extremely useful. These are just live maps with updates as of recording it is currently down. They've had an influx of people watching, uh, but they're working to reestablish, but this has probably been one of the main ones that I've been using and it's called live map.com, uh, uniform, alpha live, uniform, alpha map.com. So that's live map.com. Uh, and this is, like I said, this is one of my favorite ones to, to watch so far. I really, I hate that it's down right now. It, I wish they would give some updates on to what's um, what's actually happening, but yeah, there is a lot of, there's a lot of detail you're talking about. They are able to mark um, areas that have been overrun troop movements, uh, confirmed bombings and all of this kind of stuff. And you can click on all of them. Uh, And it, the The thing that makes it nice is if it's been confirmed there's some sort of confirmation and source that goes with it, and a lot of times uh, if it's in a more populated area, there's pictures of it as well from citizens taking pictures and uploading uh, it's kind of it kind of compiles information and it seems to be fairly reliable thus far uh, and then lastly is going to be uh, just a military forces map uh, and it's called g f. S-I-S. G-F-S-I-S. Um, Golf, Foxtrot, Sierra, India, Sierra. And it is... It, this one is incredibly useful if you slow down and, and just really read through the details. If you're a detail-oriented person and want to see what kind of troop movement is happening, you can sort it by Russian Army or Russian military, and you can see a lot of breakdowns for it. Um, it is it has been it's been very useful and i will say it's not one of the most useful ones out there as far as just osint goes uh but if you want to know more about the the actual military hardware and troop movement that is in these places and you want to see what it is so if it's a tank brigade if it's a if it's a foot brigade whatever it may be you, it'll it'll break it down and it'll show you you'll you'll figure out what you're looking at in a much more Uh, simplistic way. They do a great job of breaking it down. Uh, But those are the main ones I've been using. You can find cameras just about anywhere. I would suggest staying away from the mainstream media with the cameras. At first, they were actually doing a good job because they were literally just relaying already live cameras. And now they're looping them. And they're just, I cannot recommend that at all. But if you want to search Keeve, Cameras you can find live cameras. They're a lot of them are not going to be on YouTube. They're actually on these camera sites. I've worked in the cybersecurity field. This is these are actual sites that you can find. They're actually reliable. I do suggest them, but they are very easy to find. Is my point. So if you want to see what things are, are are, what you can see, that is the best way of being upfront. Um, and it is, it is honestly. I don't know. That is what I use more than anything else. Um, But those are are the main things I'm going to cover for now. And there's always more. But open source intelligence is extremely useful right now. And honestly, you're going to get a whole lot more uh, of substance out of open source intelligence than you are the mainstream media right now. And especially social media. There's very few social media pages that I follow that I can actually even slightly trust. Uh, and those are very few and far between, and I take all of them with a grain of salt, and I would advise that you do too. So, with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up here, and I'm going to leave you with this verse. Proverbs three twenty one twenty two. 22 My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. There will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. That's Proverbs three twenty one. But for now, that is all I've got We'll be back tomorrow with some more information And we're going to start trying to cover other information That is not just straight up Ukraine Uh, It's got great stuff that's being posted about Ukraine But that open source intelligence is the stuff that you need But for now, that's all I got My name is Logan This has been The Conservation Project The podcast for the average Joe That still believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness And that we are still one nation under God.